The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. the world your lover. Oh, that's what we're here to do, my darlings. That's what we do through my online joy school at lisamacourt.com, through my newest book, Free Your Joy, The 12 Keys to Sustainable Happiness. And it's what we're going to do right here, right now together on the Do Joy podcast, where I bring you fascinating guests with powerful insights for elevating your personal vibration. Deep lasting happiness is a skill you can learn, and I'm so honored to be on this journey with you. Yes, the world is your lover. That's what we're all about here. Don't you adore the new song by Mary Bu? She'll be an upcoming guest here too, and I know you'll love hearing her remarkable story. Our guest today has a remarkable story as well, and I'm so excited to explore her magic with you. I'll first remind you that the new book, Free Your Joy, The 12 Keys to Sustainable Happiness, is available for pre-order everywhere books are sold, as they say. And when you forward your purchase confirmation email to admin at lisamccourt.com, my team is going to set you up with a coupon code to invite you as my free guest to that workshop that I've started offering the first Monday of every month with my remarkable intuitive friend, Victoria Shaw. You get readings from Victoria Lots of boots on the ground joy practices for elevating your vibration right there in the midst of your human life. We all have one of those and we can all learn how to elevate it. So pre-order your book and I can't wait to see you the first Monday of the month. Now let me tell you about our amazing guest today. Mindset Elevation Coach and Intentional Living Guide, Linda Joy, is the publisher of the beloved Aspire Magazine, cultivator of a sacred community and supporter of women's dreams. Through her numerous media brands, she's dedicated to inspiring, empowering, and supporting women to create intentional lives and businesses, if desired, that align with the truth of who they are so they can experience the joy, fulfillment, and abundance that's their divine right. As an award-winning entrepreneur for 31 years, Linda is passionate about her work as a sacred visibility catalyst, supporting mission-driven women entrepreneurs in healing their visibility wounds, calling in their aligned clients, and growing their lists using feminine principles. You can learn more about Linda's services at lynda-joy.com. And I'm sure she'll tell you about this, but she's offering our listeners a free subscription to Aspire Magazine, and you can get that by going to subscribetoaspire.com, and it comes with lots of other free goodies too, so don't miss that. Linda, my beautiful sister, enjoy. Welcome, goddess. 
Hey, it is so wonderful to be here. I have been so excited about this. When you and I connect, the joy vibration is through the roof, my friend. It is, isn't it? I know, right? So we've both had joy as like a buzzword for a long time. I've never asked you this, but is your name properly Linda Joy or is that something that you like picked up along the way? Well, I'm going to tell you a funny story about how we grow into an energy. It was my birth middle name. It's on my birth certificate. And I never liked it growing up. My mother would always say, you never use your middle name on your legal documents. I'm like, mom, I don't like my name. And so I would never use it, Lisa. And then as I was starting my spiritual journey, about 30 years ago, I was going through a divorce, graduated massage school. And they said, what do you want on your graduation certificate? And I'm like, well, I don't want his name. But I told him to hyphenate, hyphenate my middle name with my ex-husband's name. And I suddenly started feeling over the the year that followed disalignment with this energy. And I decided that Linda Joy is who I am. It's what I wanted to call into my life. Joy, alignment, fulfillment. So I actually had it legally changed. I dropped all surnames and Linda Joy is my legal name. And I have to say what a gift I gave myself because I... Oh, I tapped into that energy for the last 30 years to transform my life. And now it's so funny that I have these media brands that are all about spreading joy, love, and feminine wisdom. So there are no accidents. And of course, I will add, my mom loves the fact that I now love my name. And she will be the first to say, you really embody it now, Linda. And for a long time, and I'm sure you can relate, Lisa, I didn't know what joy was. I didn't even think it was available to me and as you know it's available to all of us I love that on so many levels what a great testament to the power of words I used to write a lot about the word energy the word energy is infectious just like anything else that has a frequency of vibration and you just totally like proved that out so beautifully I'm so glad you claimed that for yourself a lot of like casual it's been a beautiful journey yeah. Casual acquaintances in, in my Joy School world will so often call me Joy, like as though it's my middle name, like just sort of making that, that transposition. I just let them roll with it. Like, it's okay. It's fine. If you want to call me Joy, I'll be Joy. They do that to me often, and I don't mind. Or they use Linda Joy as all one word, which I don't mind. But often people will send me emails, Joy, you've really made an impact in my life. Because to them, they're tapping into, I believe, they're tapping into our energy and essence, and that's what's connecting with them. So they can call me whatever love-filled words they want, and I'll respond. For sure. And I love also, just before we move on from your name story, because it grabbed me in so many ways, like for, for women who really are celebrating womanhood, and I know this is a lot of, of what you do, this is women's empowerment, and you know we're, we're all walking around with a man's name. It's either a husband's name or a father's name. Or, you know, So there's something really empowering about just, just dropping all of that and choosing the name that fits you, that you feel embodies who you are, and, and that's a really nice, um, really nice thing for women to be able to do when they're inspired. It was a gift I gave myself at a, at a time of deep healing from childhood wounds, so I didn't want my father's name back, to also the divorce. It was like I was calling me in. I was calling me back and committing to get into know myself because for so long I didn't know who I was. I was so disconnected from my truth because, as many women do, I became whatever someone wanted me to become, especially in my 20s and 30s, that I lost myself. I lost my voice. I forgot 
who I was. So it was a reclaiming. And little did I know that when you make that decision, lots of work starts to come your way to be sure that you are living that message. So it was, it was a beautiful gift that I see now was preparing me for everything that I was meant to do in the world. That's that's gorgeous. I want to start right there. We have a quote in Joy School. If you ask God to move a mountain, be prepared to wake up with a shovel in your hand. We, oh, yeah. We and got... I'll tell you, he sent me a backhoe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was, it's, I have no regrets. I've had a life of struggle, um, like many of us. And I look back now and, and say, ah, I see why I had to go through that to be who I am today. Thank you for this. Um, period of transformation it makes my work with women deeper today because I have this empathy and compassion because I've been there so now I look back and see always all those challenges were to prepare me for who I am and what I'm doing today there's there's no accidents I truly believe that yeah that's beautiful so, so what's your definition of joy for me is when the inside and outside of who I am align right so when there's this inner and outer alignment when i am um, fully present in myself how can you not be in joy we are part of the divine we are but we forget that and it's in that forgetting that we become i don't like the word disconnected from joy because we can never really be disconnected from the truth of who we are but joy for me is just this essence of i am divinity you are divinity and in this world, we forget that. So joy is just this sacred place within me. And for me, it's when the, my outer world is aligning with my inner world. It's just um, integritous. It feels, it feels aligned. It's a word I use a lot because it's so important to me. Yeah. I love the language that you, you give to that concept. Um, we use a lot of Eckhart Tolle terminology in Joy School, so we're talking about how we all have this horizontal self, our name and our bodies and our thoughts and our beliefs and our opinions and affiliations and family placement, and then we all have a vertical self, which is old Eckhart Tolle terminology for the two aspects of us that, that's our source, our divinity. It's where we are, joy at our core and love and compassion for self and others, and it's all about bringing that vertical self more into the forefront of our lives and letting that horizontal self relax a little bit more into the back seat. We're not going to get rid of it, right? We're always going to going to be these bodies and these names and all, all of these things we've created to identify ourselves. But I love how you explained that about um, you know bringing what we would call bringing the vertical self into the foreground. And I love the words he uses. I love his teachings anyway, mm -hmm. but I love the words he uses. And for myself, what I've also noticed is that when I'm in joy, when I'm in my true essence, I'm able to respond to life, to circumstances, even the difficult ones, with this deep sense of peace, joy, even when there's chaos, instead of reacting from that other side of who we are, right, which we all have. And that has been the greatest gift because the woman that everyone sees now, right? Because I have a large online following. I've been owned a spy magazine now for 17 years. I've had deep conversations with women, Lisa, over those years. And many of them go, Lynn, I could never be like you. You're so joyful and positive and you have this ability to hold space and spread love and joy to others. It just comes so easy to you. I said, no, my <laughs> friend. Let me tell you a little backstory. 
it was like severe anxiety, depression for 35 years of my life. I couldn't get out of my own way. Um, I didn't know who I was. I didn't trust my own inner wisdom. And I was so disconnected from the truth of who I am. So I love to share a lot of that story with women because we all have the tendency, especially in the online world, to, to see someone like myself or you, Lisa, and go, oh, it's so easy for them. Hell no. I have done deep inner work. I have danced with my shadows. I have, um, I have chosen joy over and over and over again, even when life was hitting me with cosmic two by fours. It's a daily choice for myself anyway, I'll speak for myself, to stay aligned with joy. Um, do you ever get that, Lisa, where they go, oh my God, Lisa, you're so joyful. It's like they think nothing has ever happened in our life or that this is who we have always been. I'm really curious. Have you experienced that too? hundred percent. Absolutely. Yes. And, and actually, it's a little bit of a puzzle to me and I'll, I'll feel around in this with you because I know that I know that our prison systems are filled with individuals who experience deep, deep trauma. I know that all of the the wisest, most beautiful gurus and teachers that I've been blessed to to befriend and know in this this field have experienced deep, deep trauma. What do you think it is, Linda, that sometimes causes it to go in one direction and other times causes it to go in another direction? I don't think it's the severity or type of the trauma because you you hear you know on on both sides. I don't know what it is that sometimes trauma causes individuals to go in less conscious and other times it wakes them up to greater levels of consciousness. What a beautiful question. I'm going to add something so that everyone here knows where I'm responding from. My childhood was all childhood trauma, sexual abuse, runaway, high school dropout, single welfare mom. I was blessed I had a beautiful family, middle-class America, who supported me through all of that. And I really know that not everyone has that, right? They don't have that support system. But I was on the wrong path. I had that depression, that anxiety, which I see now was from subconscious memories that I what hadn't even wasn't even aware of of the trauma I had struggled with until I was 30 years old. So all I can speak from is my thing. I've been in the deepest recesses where I never thought I was going to crawl out of that dark hole. I have been at the edge in considering suicide, which I wrote about in our first published book, A Juicy Joyful Life, God, 13 years ago. It's one of my company's first books. And all I can speak to from my own experience was there was something that shifted one day and I would love to share that story because I think it would really support so many others. I, I it was the darkest day of my life. Nikki was sick. She's now 39. I really believed on that day that she would have been better without me. And I was sitting in my car um, in the middle of spring sobbing and I was pulled over. I wasn't driving at that time. I was pulled over and I was punching the steering wheel and I had no connection with source at all. I wasn't raised that way. And of course I was angry inside, even though I, at that time I wasn't figuring out why I was so angry at the world, but it was the trauma of childhood. And that day I was, I was letting that thing that was supposed to be up there have an earful. And it was just truth and raw and, you know, I can't do this anymore. And everything suddenly, I get emotional when I tell the story. 
everything suddenly got very still, Lisa. I could feel the wind on my face, my wet t-shirt on me. And I heard, as we all do, um, in different ways. Um, there was a lot that I heard, but the, the core message was the truth of who you are was never touched as a child, Brenda. The story you choose to continue telling yourself keeps you in the pain. The choice is yours. And you would think, first off, you would think just hearing my inner wisdom speaking to me, the source speaking to me, whatever that moment held, I still can't label it. You would think that would be my shocking moment. It wasn't. It was hearing the choice is yours. Um, I remember my whole energy shifted. It was choice. What do you mean choice? I, I didn't know I had a choice about this. It was like so empowering. And I grabbed a Dunkin' Donuts napkin, which if you live in New England, you know what that is. And I started writing, I want to feel love. I want to be able to love. I want to know what joy is. I just felt this. All the emotions and desires of my heart that had been buried that I thought I could never experience because of the story, because of the pain, because of the trauma. And you've got to remember, just five minutes before, I was contemplating ending my life. And now I am filled with this sense of this energy flowing through me, and I'm writing. And I was filled with what I now identify was hope. It was hope. And... All I know is about 20 minutes later, I put the key in the ignition and drove into a new life. Now, please let me be clear. It was not all magic and butterflies. The work began. But I picked up my first personal development book, Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life, followed by Marianne Williamson, Wayne Dyer, Eckhart, all of them, they changed my life. So to answer that question, it was in that moment of of being aware that we all have the choice to choose the pain story or the joy story, to choose what was and stay in that energy or what is and, and go on from there. That moment was the, the, the journey that transformed my life, that saved my life, but I had to still do the work. It wasn't magic and, and miracles, right? So I believe it's individuals being taught because some weren't taught like I wasn't that we have the choice so all those that are struggling and suffering it's because no one told them they have a choice they can choose something else and I think that would be the greatest gift we could give anyone that is still struggling with whatever trauma or hardships that they have a choice where to focus their thoughts back here or forward I chose forward. I had something beautiful to live for, and, and today she's gonna she's gonna be 39 next month. Um, she blessed me. I'm gonna get emotional with a 12 year old granddaughter, and she says to me all the time, you know, how you live your life, mom, has created such a ripple effect. So I know I was saved because I had this mission, and I've been living this mission now 17 years, just to spread love, to be with women like you, to spread your message out there. So I hope that answered the question for you. Um, I know I went a little bit of a roundabout way, but I'm a storyteller at heart. I have goosebumps. I'm so, so grateful for that share. And I always love being with you because I can feel your heart. And I love how easy it is for both of us to tear up. We're, y'all can't see us. We're both sitting here like practically sobbing right now. Yes, I was like, don't, don't, don't start crying, Lynn. But I, I cry often because I can yeah. come right back to the moment. Yeah. 
yeah. of that. And, um, and, and my heart breaks because I've been in that hole, right? I've been in the pain. So the woman everyone sees today, and I know um, from what I've been told, I have an energy, a vibe that pulls women in, that makes them feel safe, makes them feel heard, makes them feel seen. And I, I, I think that's from the deep inner work, but it's also because that's who I want to be in the world. I never want a woman to feel alone. That's why I publish all these books of 260 women we've published to date. They have transformational stories of their life shift moments because I want other women to always see it doesn't matter where you were. Oh, if you look at my background, you'd think I could never achieve success, right? Because if you look at the story of my past, you'd be like, oh, there's no way she's ever gonna turn her life around. Um, so I publish all these stories and share wisdom and inspiration on my summits and in the magazine because I want women to hear other women's stories of transformation and healing so they know it's possible for them. I'm a big believer in possibility and a lot of us, myself included, I, I had blinders on. Remember those things horses wear? I grew up with horses, so I use this. They, we used to have to put them on so that they would stay focused on what's ahead. Um, but when we go through life with the blinders on, we are so focused on what's wrong with our lives. And we all have some shit that we would like to change. But when we focus on that, it takes away our joy. I rather say to people, let's focus on what's possible. And that is removing those blinders. And I know you teach a lot of that too. That's your mission. For sure, all that focus, whatever we're putting our focus and attention on is what we're growing. And I know it is so tempting and human-y to want to focus on the, the dangers and the threats and the challenges and the perceived problems. And all we're doing is, is feeding them and watering them and nurturing them with all that attention. You're so right. I want to I wanna go back to one thing just um, because I, I love your, your pivotal moment and I know you share the pivotal moments of lots of women. And one of the things that we, we talk about in Joy School too, just in case you're saying, where's my pivotal moment? I've never had my pivotal moment. It can happen through micro awakenings. And I find for myself, yeah. For myself, it's it's been it's been that journey. It's like I I always you know I think about uh, Byron Katie looking at the cockroach under the bed or Michael Singer on the couch with his brother in law. Like they had these turning points, and and like you just so eloquently described yours. And I know in my own journey, it's been a series of micro awakenings. So when I have somebody come into my my joy school, who's you know I don't know what's wrong with me. I just feel itchy and I can't sleep, and there's this like energy coursing through me, and oh I don't want. I'm like excellent. This is excellent. This is exactly what it feels like every time and let's let's nurture that and let's let's feed this this energy and you don't have to understand it and it doesn't have to have a, a cool story around it you know it can just be life doing life to you again and again or reading the right yeah. kinds of books or listening to the right kinds of podcasts again and again but it's often a matter of repetition I'm so glad that you said that the book that I'm actually working on is our company's 20th book is called life shifts and each of the 22 women are writing about their life shift moment. And what we taught them through the editorial process is exactly what you said. Listen, not everyone has this big moment, divorce, illness, awakening. Sometimes, as you just so beautifully shared, it's the mini moments, it's internal moments, it's the shift in awareness. And um, I wanted to 
I wanted to be sure to say that, that that was my circumstance. But like you said, Lisa, since then, and probably before then, I just wasn't aware to see it. I have numerous, and I love your phrase, micro moments. It's those moments when you realize you're out of your body and you're in like overdrive or overwhelm and you're like, hmm, come back in, Lynn. It's all these moments you hear a conversation and you're reminded by the divine, right? So I'm so glad you brought that up because it's not everyone's is this big outside cause, right? And that's so critical that everyone understands that. Um, We receive divine gifts in the smallest moments. Some of my most beautiful moments were those micro moments that I'm so grateful for. And to learn to celebrate them because they're often not comfortable, right? And we, we want to dodge the uncomfortable. We want to deny it, repress it, push it aside, find something to make us feel better or numb us. No, let's celebrate those those micro awakenings because they're so powerful in a cumulative way. Yes, and one of the things too is I talk a lot about is because the world programs us to look at what I call the bullshit, look at what's wrong. And I teach my clients, and I believe you were following me um, on, on Facebook and saw all the posts about everything, Dana's diagnosis oh, and all man. that. Oh, my God, yes. And to get through that, and we can talk about that after if you like, I was posting daily throughout that so that I could stay. It was really for myself. So I could stay focused on the blessings in those experiences that we were going through. And Lisa, I gotta tell you, by being honest and transparent and not going into the what if stories and staying focused in here in the moment of of what was, like what our experiences were, so many women responded to those posts going, Linda, can I share this? My sister has breast cancer. My my sister-in-law is going through a divorce and they all needed and wanted and desired a reminder that even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of life's curveballs or life shifts, there is still joy accessible. There's still so much to be grateful for. And it's how I navigated everything that came over the last 33 months with, um, with everything with himself and me. And so I wanted to talk about that. It's, it goes back to that story. We all have the power to choose in every moment. Mm-hmm. And listen, ladies, if you're like me, you're not going to choose. I don't even like the word correctly. You are going to forget your truth sometimes. Mm-hmm. If the beautiful part is the moment you feel out of alignment, like, oh, you're anxious, you're overwhelmed, whatever that feeling is that takes you out of um, coherence with your real truth, you get to choose all over again and go, oh, I don't choose this, and you come back to your heart. And that's what I had to keep doing over and over again the last few years as we navigated everything. But what I love is everyone has that power. Yeah, no, preach, sister. Not just you, every human has the power to choose where they wish to focus their mind, their thoughts, and their energy on. And I use my energy as a way to know, because I feel viscerally, my energy tells me if I'm out of alignment, yes. right? When I get that solar plexus thing and feel a little anxious or feeling rushed, I'm like, oh, slid back into old patterns. And then I just recalibrate. So I do a lot of recalibration work on myself daily, as well as teach my clients recalibration techniques. And I like to, for, if, for those who are visual and are listening, remember the old radio stations way back, I'm aging myself, we had a, 
you'd be driving with your parents and like turn it and it would get staticky when you were going to a different <laughs> town. It's kind of what I feel for myself. We are always connected to source, but we allow our muck to um, make the, the connection staticky. So recalibration is always retuning that energetic connection to your source, whatever you may name it. To me, source is love, right? So um, does that resonate with you too, Lisa? Oh, absolutely, yes. And, and I love the words that you put to it. That is exactly what we do. And it's, it's just really a matter of breaking old habits by remembering that we have that choice. And that's what the work is, right? It's it's not an overnight, oh, Linda said this is all I have to do and tomorrow you'll wake up doing it. It's just remembering it enough to keep practicing it again and again until it becomes the default. To notice when, when you're not in connection, when you're not in connection with your vertical self, when you're being really caught up in the movie going on around you that you're creating, right? We're all creating this whole movie that we're living and we get so caught up in it. And I, I liken it in the book to, you know, when you're watching a Disney movie with a child who's having a great time and munching on the popcorn until the screen turns dark and the evil character's voice starts filling the soundtrack and you see him get fidgety and you know, it's just a movie, baby. It's just a movie. We can do that with ourselves, right? You know, like all this muck out there, it's just a, it's just a movie that we created. And then to remember and to go back into the love, the source that we are. I love how you put it. Yeah, beautiful. Preach. And I, I love what you said too, it's like everything out there, that's the movie screen. But we forget that we are the script writer, mm-hmm. right? So I choose very carefully what I bring into my energy field. Now, maybe that's because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sensitive, I'm an intuitive, but it's also a very conscious choice because of, I believe in the law of attraction and energy is energy. Why would I want to bring that into my field when I am here to be of the highest vibration so I can be of service, not just to my businesses, because I have five media brands, but more important as an individual, so I can be at the highest vibration, a healthy emotional state, healthy spiritual state for my family, for my community, and then for my businesses, right? That I believe, and I, I share this with my clients all the time, The divine gave us our energy. The divine gave us our connection to source. What we do with it is our choice. Mm -hmm. And so when I awoke to that fact that that is a sacred gift I was given, I am always connected, then I believe it's my personal, and I'll only speak for myself, it's my personal responsibility to honor that connection in that soul, spirit, energy. Just like we are to take care of our physical body, I need to take care of my emotional and spiritual health. And that was um, a big part of my healing to realize I am not this. I am not my body. I am so much more. So if I'm not honoring that spirit, soul, my energy, and only taking care of the physical, then I'm missing out on so much. And so that's been a beautiful journey over the last 20 years is um, to nurture that, to nurture that connection and know that it's so vitally important. It is, it is. And, and 
you know that firsthand, I know. And I, I just want to clarify too, because so often when it comes up on this podcast, which it does often about how we're creating every bit of this reality, the script that we're writing, it's never, ever, ever meant to cause anyone any guilt or shame or I created this bad thing for myself because so often these challenges that we we go through they're what evolve us they're what grow us they're what lead to our greatest joys and who knows actually how they come into our lives maybe you have a a thought on this linda but i know i've had spiritual teachers who say that we choose these challenges before we get here we pick them out with care and intention and and they're they're really carefully orchestrated opportunities for us to evolve our souls that we chose for us to go through what is your perspective on that I agree. I agree 100% because for long, a long time, going way back, that 30 years, when I first learned about law of attraction, I'm like, it pissed me off to no end. Right. <laughs> because I was coming from a, a childhood of trauma. And I'm like, I won't tell you what I said because we couldn't put those words on, on the radio. <laughs> but I was pissed because I'm like, if that's law of attraction, you say, and I called that in. So I get that for everyone listening. Um, what I will say is this, what I've discovered since then. I have no regret, no longer carry shame, no longer carry resentment. I actually came to a place of forgiveness and peace. Um, I no longer carry any of the energy from that trauma because I realized that was mucking up my system. So I see now, how can I have regret for something that made me who I was? And I'd like to share the moment because if I, I'm a visual person and I'm a storyteller, and sometimes I think when someone's listening, they can't capture what we really truly want to say. So here's the moment, um, everyone, um, that I got this in this experience I know was given to me that day because it was not a conscious thought. It was not a conscious teaching um, that I expected to teach that day. But many years ago, my other business was in the early 90s. Um, I used to do a lot of motivational speaking because when people found out I had just got off welfare, took $2,400 and started a retail business with no marketing experience, no life experience, and within 18 months doubled the floor space by teaching the same feminine principles to market a business that I'm doing now, but I was organically, intuitively doing it then, to five years later expanding to 5,000 square feet, winning Entrepreneur of the Year for the SBA, being flown out to Beverly Hills um, talk shows to do my life story. I started getting a lot of speaking um, experiences to share my inspirational story with women. Most of the women were in women's shelters. And those are the ones that really spoke to my heart because by the grace of God, I didn't end up there because I had a supportive family. So I always knew how blessed I was because my struggles were real, but at least I had the support of family. Some don't have that. So this day I'm in this shelter and I was new to speaking and there was a big dry erase board behind me and I wasn't planning on using it. Well, you know, sometimes when you're speaking, there's somebody in the audience that they're making that eye contact with you. Well, I know you guys can't see me on video, but she, this one woman was sitting there, she got an arm on the back of the chair and she's staring me down and she's listening to my life story. And I'm like, okay, we got one here, we got a wild one. Now you gotta remember, these women have gone through the darkest times. Most of them had lost custody of the children, were hoping to get it back, were in this program to help them. Some had been incarcerated. Some had experiences 
that break my heart. And so that day, I opened it up to questions, and I'm like, okay, here she comes. We got this. And she said, you're going to stand up there and tell me that you don't regret everything that ever happened to you as a child, that you don't regret being a high school dropout, that you don't regret the financial mistakes. You know, she went through my list. She was listening to that. (laughs) And um, I know spirit led me to do this, Lisa, because I had never done it before. I turned around, saw the dry erase board, and I drew a curly-haired stick figure. And um, we'll say her name was Donna. And I said, okay, Donna, I see that. I understand that. I was there once too, carrying all that baggage of shame, regret. I said, so if you're correct, if I was to regret my childhood, let's erase this part of me. So I erased the part of the stick figure. I said, oh, single welfare mom, let's erase part of this. Because if I'm going to have shame for who I am, and then I kept going until there was only a portion of the stick figure left, I said, honey, if I carried shame, regret, and resentment for everything and and non-forgiveness, for everything I went through, then the woman you see in front of you would not exist today. Those experiences led me to who I am, and I can no longer regret them. Um, I no longer even say, though I did for years, that I wish they didn't happen. I'm at complete peace complete peace but that moment I know was divinely led I had to show it in a way that these women could forgive themselves for the mistakes they made right because they made many as I did as we all do but the moment I drew that there was not a dry eye in the house and I see now it was because I was given them permission to let go of the baggage of all that stuff and to stop being themselves up because the longer we beat ourselves up for the mistakes we can't connect with joy we can't connect with forgiveness because we are living back there but that moment healed me too it was the moment everything came into alignment and i knew i had released it all and then at the end when they all came up saying thank you for seeing me thank you for permission that i i I know it was a healing moment for them but it was a pivotal moment for me that I had released all the pain. And you know, I wanna cap that with a beautiful story. I recently, there was a woman, um, a counselor, a therapist, that I found way back then, slightly after that story I wrote in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I was driving on a, a separate day than the story I told you. All the memories were coming up, which I didn't know were called flashbacks. Um, and I was sobbing. I should not have been driving. This is a road that I had used all my life. Suddenly, and this has happened three times in my life, every time I needed to be redirected spiritually, a building was glowing. I pulled in, Lisa. It had a blue, beautiful aura. I pulled in. I still can't believe I did this. Walked in the front door. It was an old Victorian house. It did have a little sign um, with businesses, but I didn't look at it. I was just following whatever this guidance was. I walked in, there was this doorway down a long hall straight ahead, glass doors to the left, a solid door to the right. So I had three choices to make. I chose the double glass doors and I walked into them. There was a fireplace, a sofa, a chair, a table, another room with no door on it that looked like a children's playroom. There was a second door in that room that was solid that I didn't go to. I sat on this sofa. This is how 
lost I was in that moment. And I know I wasn't even in there three to five minutes, still sobbing. That wood door opened, that secondary door, and a woman walks in with a clipboard, and I said, if you make me leave, I won't live through the night. Now, one, didn't know who she was. Two, don't even know whose place I was in. Third, she looked at me and said, who sent you? I said, I just found you. Don't make me leave. And she said, do you know that I'm a child behaviorist, psychotherapist specializing in childhood trauma? I said, no. We stayed together three years. She helped me through that time. I share that story because just three weeks ago, at the time of this taping, I did not want her to pass away without knowing the impact she made on my life. So I knew she wouldn't recognize my last name because I was married back then, and I made an appointment with her. When she ever got on Zoom, tears for both of us. She remembered me instantly, and she said, oh, my goodness, and we said a lot of stuff, but she said, how can I serve you today? I said, um, I said that's not why I'm here. I said, I'm here because I don't know if I ever told you the impact you had in my life the healing journey and and I said I need you to know that our work together led to a ripple effect of hundreds of thousands of women because you were so critical on my journey and it was a thank you call and we've since held two just catch-up calls and she said I knew from the moment I met you because she's spiritual like us even though I didn't know that at the time um, I, I knew that after she said I always knew you were here to make a difference and so that's a full moment healing for me. There was a full moment that it was so critical that I say thank you. Because, you know, sometimes we life gets busy and we don't say those things to the ones we love, to the ones who made an impact. It was, um, I think it was the final healing chapter of that chapter. And it was so sacred and beautiful to me. So there are no accidents. Everything that's happened to me, was divinely orchestrated to prepare me for what it is. Good, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I have no regrets on any of it. How and there was a lot you're going to make me cry today? <laughs> no, I cry all the time on my radio show. <laughs> Hearing woman's stories always gets me emotional. Um, even when my guests share, you know, my authors share. I always have a box of tissues when I read the manuscript at the end. When it's, I always have a box of tissues because I hear their truth in there. It really hits you, right? Hits you in the heart. Oh, for sure. And it just brings me back to the diagram that you were just shown to draw for those women and how next level it is because the the on-the-nose visual representation would have been to burden, you know, layer your back with all these things that you're carrying, all these resentments, and then just show we need to just put this down. And that would have been, you know, the surface level, but you really showed them it makes you who you are. These are mm-hmm. all the challenges that make us us. And if we love us, and if we're doing beautiful things in the world, how would we have become that way without all these challenges? And it's yeah. not like we reach a certain really- point. Go ahead. It really um, empowered them, but also helped me see that for a long time I carried the labels, and this is for our listeners, the labels of my experiences. So runaway, high school dropout. So let me be clear, when I share the stories for you to know where I was, I do use those labels, but there's a difference. I am telling a story so you can see the contrast. But I, I, 
energetically and in any way no longer identify as those labels. When for the first 30, 35 years of my life, I carried the energy and the self-condemnation of those labels. Oh, high school dropout, you're never going to make anything, you know, financial misfit, queen of self-sabotage. There was a list, but I owned those labels in my essence, in my energy. And when we do that, it is weighing a beautiful vibrational energy down that it's harder to clear the muck from the connection to source. It isn't that you're disconnected, you're just carrying so much energetic crap. And so now I will use them as descriptive story in my storytelling, but they're no longer in my energy field because that is not, I am not the labels of my experiences. And you are not the labels of your experiences. And once we can kind of energetically come into alignment with that truth, I tell people I'm aging, energetically aging backwards, <laughs> right? I feel lighter and more vibrant at 60 on an energetic spiritual level than I ever did. When I look at pictures for the 10, 15, 20 years ago, and I'm not talking about physical, um, I'm talking about I can see the energy difference, the glow in my eyes, the smile, my aura, essence, and I'm like, Doing the inner work is so worth it. It's uncomfortable, but it's so worth it. Oh, absolutely. And it's not like, I don't think, for many of us, maybe a couple of mountaintop gurus, I don't know, but it's not like it really concludes either, right? I mean... No. And, and, and it's hard to, it's like once we start celebrating our challenges and these, you know, oh, this horrible thing has come up for me to grow and evolve, yay. It's almost like then we, we start getting into the semantics of the law of attraction stuff. Wait, if I celebrate that, I'm going to bring more of it into my life. I don't want more challenges. I don't want more hard stuff. But I think that the universe just kind of sees when we're ready for an up level. And I'm going to invite you to talk about the challenges with you and, and Dana and health. And I had nothing along the, that spectrum, but... In this past year, I had a, a really uh, very, very, very painful, uncomfortable resurfacing of some childhood um, situations where I had to just basically divorce my family of origin for the most part. Not all of them, but, but most of them because, you know, if they're still going to want to abuse me, I have to, like, let that go. And it was so hard and so challenging. And I just kept thinking in the beginning of it, I thought I had solved all of this. I really thought I was so peaceful in my heart and it was all so resolved and it, it's resulted in such an up level to my own boundary setting and, and my own ability to to stand up for myself and see things about myself I wasn't seeing that I realized it was just time for that up level. So I think the universe does sort of gift us when the time is right, when we're ready to, to jump to that next younger energetic age as you were saying because I know exactly what you mean I would never go back to any prior point in my life like I love love these years this this whole stretch ahead of me looks so tantalizing and wonderful I love being in our I call it our crone years just kind of playfully oh. yeah and, and I want to speak to what you just said because I've always told my clients if someone says that if you have a teacher a mentor or um you know, someone that is guiding you that says they're there, run like hell, because there is no there, right? The work, the inner work never, it doesn't end. What I've discovered for myself, and it sounds like you just discovered it too, is when we get this place of doing inner work all the time and constantly recalibrating and, ha and learning the tools and, and being able to use them, when life throws us our next curveball, life shift, cosmic two by four, which it will, 
because that's part of the human existence, right? We can't bypass that. Um, what I noticed for myself is I could respond in a very different way now with everything that I'll share in a moment about Dana's situation and then mine than I would have been able to 15 years ago. 15, 20 years ago, those circumstances that I'm going to share would have had me spinning, curled up in a fetal position, back down in my anxiety, depression, and what-if energy. It didn't happen. And as you know um, from following me, in 2019, we sold our big house, which is, I keep pointing like anybody can see me pointing. <laughs> it's right next door. And we had this you know, full-level house right on the water, five bedrooms, and we outgrew it. And we sold it. And there's no coincidence that we sold it to five nuns who paid cash for a big, beautiful house. And they became dear friends. But now these women travel the world healing. Um, they have a retreat center on the other side of the pond where we live. And they became soul friends. And about a year later, we were building our dream house next door. And Dana, my honey, is a contractor. So, I mean, he had built our other house. So we were almost in. And he started suddenly losing his vision very quickly. And in the process of trying to figure out like what the hell's going on, um, they found a large pituitary tumor. So let's say that was a Monday. They're like large pituitary tumor that's crushing the optic nerve as well as causing other issues that we never knew it was causing because this man was the picture of health. In 28 years being together, he had never had a cold flu. This was like, what? Of anybody, Dana? Four days later, trying to get a better look at the tumor, they found a level eight aneurysm on his main communicating artery above the tumor. Now, um, some would say, what the hell, you two are getting slammed. We looked because of our belief system and said, thank God they found that aneurysm because if they had gone in for that tumor, they would have hit it and he would have bled out on the table. There would be no second chances. So we chose to not look at it as, oh me, oh my, two diagnoses in four days, two, two major surgeries coming, going to be coming up. We looked at it, let's keep searching for the blessings. And we looked at it as a treasure hunt. And so that's how we handle the whole circumstance. Originally, they were supposed to remove the whole top of his head to get both surgeries teams in at once. Blessing was last minute the teams decided they could do two separate surgeries but here's some of the blessings because there were so many i just want to share a couple when he lost his eyesight and we knew in two weeks he's going in for the first surgery we did not know his recovery and at the time we were living in our other home which was a 400 square foot summer cottage i'm sorry year-round cottage right here on the same water we're building on and i'm like this man cannot come home from brain surgery with unknown issues um, into a 400 square foot house. There's no way. So because of his eyesight, though, he couldn't finish the house. There was key critical points that had to be finished on our new home to get the occupancy permit. We left for the hospital on the Monday of Thanksgiving week. It was a construction zone. There was it was just there was nothing. To get the um, construction occupancy permit, we had to at least complete the railings going up over the stairway overlooking the cathedral living room because it's a safety issue. Get emotional. He had vendors, some he had been working with for years. 
some had never met him except for this job. We left on a Monday and all everyone said is, you go, this house will be done. And I'm like, there's no way, there's no way in hell. We got up, we checked out on Thanksgiving day. And when we pulled up and opened that door, our whole house occupancy permit was hanging there because they called, you know, the guy and said, get this in before he gets home from the hospital. And he did, he knows Dana. But when we walked in, Lisa, furniture in place, rugs, plants, full Thanksgiving dinner in the fridge, pies, cookies, cards, balloons, everything, beds, sheets, linens. We walked into a home. And I have a photo of him grabbing that, the railings on that stairwell, just deep sobbing. That showed us that even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of unknowns and what ifs, because we did have a lot of what ifs, love is always around us. And for a man, six foot three, Holly writing contractor, to receive that love and watch him receive it, he said, I can't believe they did this. And I said, Dane, they are giving you the 55 years of love and service, because he's been in business 52 of his 71 years, that you have given to clients all these years. And it just came back to you full force. And I want you, you need to open your arms. Like, so that's just one miracle. So many miracles happened. He had those two surgeries in, in 18 months because COVID shut down the second one. Um, so he had to wait 10 months. We thought he, we were all done. And um, he was fully healed, no ramifications. Everything was healed, that's double blessings. Six months after his surgery, I collapsed, had emergency surgery for, for my life for 14 days. And then just had a follow-up surgery last year. And everyone said, why you, Lynn, why? You've already been through enough. I go, why not me? I said, why not me? There is, this is just part of my human existence. But here's a thing, I still chose love. Even in the hospital, I had the surgeon say to me, I cannot believe how you were handling this. Since all of that, and I'm, I'm watching the time, since all of that, the surgeon has had me come speak to his nurses twice. He said, the energy you brought into your experience, how you stayed focused on the blessings and not the reality, how you focused on healing and not the what ifs, because I mean, I had to come home with visiting nurses. It was it was a journey. And I still, my business ran. I was surrounded by love. I always felt supported throughout the life experience. That's, that's the message I want to share is even in the midst of chaos, curveballs, etc., we can choose joy moment to moment, even when it's scary, even when there's unknowns. And so that's when I knew that period with Dana and myself I was like a witness to how I was handling it and said, thank God for my spiritual work over the last 25 years because I would have spun into a fetal position and really not been able to be present for Dana or myself during that time if I didn't have all the spiritual and mindset tools. And so I see now that we went through that to be an example for others. I'm now spiritually guiding um, three women who are now, now called friends through breast cancer and two other types of cancer. Not that I've ever had cancer, but they looked at how we navigated that with love and grace. And they said, Lynn, I need that because I'm in deep fear for what ifs. And I said, we got to get you focused on possibility, baby, because it's not going to change our physical circumstances. But if we can align with our emotional, spiritual, as we've been discussing this call, 
wow, what a way, what a gift it is to ourselves to help us get through that. And um, I have no regrets. Dana says of my story, um, helps others believe that they can get through hard times too. He goes, then share it, because he's a very private person. He said, share it. He said, I don't want anyone to think that they don't have the strength inside to get through whatever life gives them. You created that. You wrote that story with your energy and the, all the love that came in on that Thanksgiving. You created that over the, all the years prior with all that you both give to others. It was just that beautiful karmic full circle. Linda, it's so gorgeous. It's so perfect. And you're right. Really Storytelling is the way to, to bring all that to light for sure because that was such a poignant story. And I know we're running out of time and I want you to tell the listeners all the places that they can find you and follow up with you and get your wonderfulness. Human Design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum Human Design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24 through 26, at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Well, thank you, my friend. Well, if you want to learn more about working with me, either is mindset and I'm sorry, around visibility and elevating your brand and you're a woman entrepreneur or you're a woman on the path of self-discovery, go to linda-joy.com. That's my personal website. You can peek around in there. There's some free offerings. See which one aligns with you. But you know I have to share my baby, which is Aspire magazine. It's still free. It's my love project to the world. It has been for 17 years. It's a free digital subscription. Six gorgeous um, paid um, issues a year are published, all delivered digitally, and it is free. And what we do is we partner with a bunch of our um, contributors, our expert columnists and friends in the industry. So there's over, I believe, now 30 to 35 transformational gifts that are free with your subscription. So you can go to subscribe to aspire.com for that. And I'm going to throw one more little juicy thing out that's only going on through June 16th through June 30th. And I'm sorry, guys, all these offerings are for women only. I love you, but I am in service um, with my mission for women. And um, the Inspire Living giveaway is going on. It's our 12th season. Right now, I think we're up to about 64 partners and still more coming in, and that is inspiredlivinggiveaway.com. All kinds of free resources to help you master the art of living, my friend. And Lisa, thank you. Thank you for holding space. Thank you for the work you're doing to bring um, more joy into the world. We can all use that. Thank you so much, Linda. I love that we um, have each other and and Linda's going to be doing a Joy School Spotlight coming up. We're about to talk about dates for that. I think y'all know uh, Scott Stabile will be this month, and then we'll have SC Larry, and then maybe Linda. We're going to talk about dates, so you can get more of Linda's wonderfulness at a Joy School Spotlight workshop coming up soon. I am going to be part of Aspire Magazine. I, I've been in her magazines in the past. It's a beautiful, beautiful offering. I'm always so honored with the, the company I get to keep when I have an article 
article there and and that'll be coming up as well so thank you linda thank you thank you for being with us today <gasps> listeners we didn't do home play so this is your first chance since this podcast has begun take any of the gorgeous wisdom that linda has shared and devise your own home play feel into your intuition you are up to the task i know it i love you i'll see you soon deepest gratitude and love to you my beautiful listener tribe with representation in 30 countries all across the globe i'm so honored to spend this time with you if you're wondering about my online events my books joining my joy school community all of that is waiting for you at lisamccourt.com i look forward to connecting with you there much love launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.